0: Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. Praise God. So like over the last number of months, like this is, what is it now? Let me see. This is part 12. So say three months, give or take. And that wasn't even me doing it every week, so probably longer than that. But 12, um, 12 weeks, we've been talking about healing. Why? Because there is so much to it, church. So much to it. We've been talking about God's will when it comes to healing. But the two main areas, you know, you can branch off into, different, into um, this part or that part. But the two areas that, that the Lord led me to focus on, which, which we've been bringing out over these weeks, is number one, that healing is God's will. Amen? that it's his will, right? And then number two is that it's faith that enables us to receive and walk in his will, right? So they were the two, made, this is what we've been covering. Now, number one, that it's his will. You have to get that established. You have to get that settled in your heart. And then number two, that it takes faith. And it's not just our, our faith, our wishy-washy faith. We don't have wishy-washy faith. We have the faith of the son of God, Amen. We have the faith of Jesus himself living on the inside of us. It's a supernatural faith because that's how we were able to receive our salvation in the first place. So it's that faith that we use to receive and walk in his will. Amen. So God didn't put a plan or a purpose or a destiny or, or things in his word, promises in his word that, that you know, are conditional based on our faith and based on what we believe. If we weren't able to attain those things, if we weren't able to walk in them and receive them. Amen. So he's given us his faith to walk in his will and everything that that, that pertains to. Amen. Turn to me here to Psalm 119. I want to read this verse to you and I'm going to um, over the past couple of weeks here you know we've been on the topic of our words our confession. Why? Because it, 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 when it comes to healing it's big. Amen. It's major. You have to be speaking the right things. Amen. If you are believing God for your healing, you have to have your, wor- your words have to be words of life. They have to be mirroring God's words. Right. Um, so we've been on this to- topic now. I think this is the third or fourth week or whatever it is. And, you know, I'm, God just was like, no, keep hammering on them things because it's our, you know what? Our confession is probably the biggest thing that lets us down when it comes to anything, really. You know our words. We can believe things. We can, you know, we can believe things, and you know we love the Lord, and we can do. And then just we get so we can get, just get carnal. We can get our our we, the distractions can get to us, and then our words we just they're not where they should be. Our confession's not where it should be, right? And it it can let us down at times. And and I I think I looked at that um as well. We let idle words come out of our mouth that we're not even aware we're saying. Idle words, words that, you know, of, of doubt and unbelief that we don't even realise because we're that used to saying them. And then somebody, sometimes maybe oh, so, somebody might say to you, don't say that, don't say that, you need to be careful. And then you know, it's brought to your attention or the, or the Holy Spirit might even try and correct you. But we need to be mindful of the words that come out of our mouth. In Psalm 119, in um, verse 105, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet. And a light to my path. I'm so thankful of the word. I just had a a wee chat there with Melvin there before service of of how thankful we are for the for the word of God. Amen. Amen. For the foundation that we have in the word. You know that the word of God, it's our anchor. It's our anchor. You know when the waves are are tossing, when the circumstances are coming, when when the generations are changing and there's people are becoming woke. You know, the word of God is the anchor. Amen. I am awake. I'm awake. I'm already awake. I'm awake to the truth of God's word. And that's what keeps me anchored. That's what keeps me secure. Amen. God, and see, the thing is, you know, it's hard to put your trust in something that's always changing, isn't it? You know, you're up, you're down or, you know, belief systems in the world, whatever it may be, you know, people's putting a chain or they're hoping a belief system and then people are coming out and saying, no, we don't believe that anymore. This is what we believe now. And you don't know what you're believing half the time. But the word of God never changes. It is everlasting. It is eternal. Amen. Heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word will never pass away. Why? Because the word of God, it's Jesus himself. He is the living expression. Amen. So the word of God is light. Your word is a lamp to my feet and it is a light to my path. The word of God is light. It is truth and it will set you free if you allow it. It will set you free. If you yield to the truth of God's word and apply it to your life, you will walk in his victory. Church, it really is that simple. If you yield to the truth that's in the word of God, if you, if you surrender, if you, if, you keep, if you stop pushing against it or going against it or going a different direction or going your own way, if you yield to the truth that's in God's word, amen, and apply it to your life by not just seeing it, not being just a hearer, but being a doer, you will see a change in your life you will walk in his victory. If you get the revelation that it's God's desire for you to walk in divine health. Hands up if you know it's God's desire for you to walk in divine health. Amen? If you get that revelation deep down in your heart, when you know that it's he wants health and strength for you, you won't settle for anything less. Too many times, too many times we settle. I don't want to settle for anything less than God's best. Why? Because God's best. It belongs to me. It belongs to you. Amen. Are you willing to settle? Are you willing to settle for the ache? Are you willing to settle for the pain? Oh, it's not really big. It's not really threatening my life. So I'll just get on with it. Are you willing to settle for the issue with your eyesight? Are you willing to settle for the issue with your hearing? Are you willing to settle for the you know the stiffness in the morning? or Or whatever it may be, church. Are you willing to settle for those things? Or are you willing to... To go on and get God's best, Amen, and walk and and walk in those things. You know, God is Jehovah Jireh. You know, God has redemptive names. Did you know that? You know, there's and there's uh, there's seven of them, right? But you know, uh, and particular to this series, you know, Jehovah Rapha is God the healer, Amen. But you know, God is also Jehovah Jireh, and He's our provider. So, do you know what we what we learned in, in these weeks? He not only it's not only his will for us to be healed, but he's made the provision for us. Jesus already bore our sickness and carried our diseases, and by his stripes, we are healed. Which means it's not something that we're looking to get in the future. It's something that we already have. It belongs to us. So he not only desires to give us those things. You see, I desire, I may desire to give my kids something, but it may not be in my ability to give it to them, Right? And we may desire all of these things for our kids. I desire for them to do this or that or the other. But, you know, I, I can only do so much, right? I pray, you know, that God will work mightily through their lives. But in my own ability as a father, as a natural father, I can only take them so far, say, right? So, but God desires things for us. But that's all right to know, oh yeah, we're okay, he's a good God. He desires that for me. But no, he not only desires it, he's provided it, so he desires it, and then you know, yes, if he's provided it belongs to me. All the promises of God are yes and amen. For those who are in Christ Jesus, amen. So when you truly know that he's your Jehovah Jireh, your provider, you'll know that it's not only his desire, but it's it's his will and that's his provision that he's laid out for us to walk and receive in. He's a good God. Did you know that, church? He's a good God. You know, and I, we covered these things. I think, oh gosh, so many, don't, anything, anytime the, something bad happens, people are just quick to blame God. But he's a good God. Amen. And we need to defend, defend him. James chapter one and verse 17. It says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. He's a good, good father. And do you know what else? Excuse me. He doesn't change. Amen. He's a good, good father and he doesn't change, church. What we see in his word, what we learn from his word, you know, what we see God working through these men and women and through, the, through, the, through these pages, what's in God's word is still true today. Amen. Why? Because his word never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right. Malachi 3 verse 6 says, I am the Lord and I change not. No. Amen. Amen. So what you see in the word is still true today. The word of the Lord endures, endures forever. 1 Peter 1.25 And are you going to choose to take what belongs to you? Yes. So go back with me to Proverbs chapter 4. This is where we've been. This is our launching off scripture and I, I've referenced it most weeks. Why? Because... We need to have a revelation, church. We need to be reminded and we need to keep continually before our eyes the words of God. Absolutely. We need to incline our ear. We need to give our intention to them. We need to incline our ears to them. We need to keep them forever in front of our eyes and we need to get them into the midst of our heart. Why? Because they're life and their health to all of our flesh. Amen. Let me read these verses to you like I was doing. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and they are health to all their flesh. We give our attention, we incline our ear, we never let them. You know, we need to be people of the word. You know, I... That's, you know, sometimes you might think, you know, did you ever think, right, what is the, what's the biggest compliment that somebody could pay you? What's something that they could do? You know, we pay each other compliments, you know, you know, yes, you're a good, you're good at your job or, you know, you're, you're a good dad, you're a good mom. You know, what's the biggest compliment that, you know, I want people to say he's a man of of the word. Why, why, why is that so important? Well, because when I'm I'm, when I'm a man of his word, I look more like Jesus. You look more like Jesus when you're sticking with his word, when you're standing on his word. We need to be people of the word, church. We, we don't need to be changing our mind when the difficult times come. We don't need to be going up and down and tossed to and fro. We need to be steadfast, immovable. Give them your attention. Give his sayings your attention. Incline your ears to them. Never let them depart from your eyes. Get them into the midst of your heart and it will transform your life. They will transform your life. So, along the way, we've been looking at different roadblocks and hindrances to healing. You know, it's not always a straight road. Right? It's not always a straight road. There can be roadblocks there. There could be hindrances there. Why? Well, for, I believe for two reasons. The first reason is because we, in our flesh, can get in, can get in our own way. Right? we can get in our own way through doubt through unbelief through our confession right and the second reason is why because the devil wants to stop you from walking in the blessings of the lord so he'll try any, everything that he can to stop you from walking in the blessings from receiving your healing from walking in your healing so why are these hindrances important to know and to because we need to see we need to learn to identify them if they're in our own lives and remove them amen you can't drive you can't drive forward if there's a roadblock there You need to remove it, and then you can progress, right? So you need to remove. How do you remove it? Remember, God's word is a lamp to your feet and it's a light to your path. The truth of God's word will set you free. Get into the truth of God's word, and it will remove those roadblocks. It's not always a clear motorway to divine healing. Why? Not because God doesn't. It's not because God's making you jump through a hundred hoops. Right, It's not because God is making you do this, this and this because until you're worthy enough. Guess what? Jesus is worthy. Yes. Amen. Jesus is worthy. You aren't, we weren't worthy, but Jesus was. Praise God for Jesus. Amen. Amen. And we are heirs to what he provided for us. Healing is a grace gift, church. It's not based on your performance. Right? It's a grace gift. So these roadblocks can come in many different disguises and if we don't have a revelation of the truth of God's word in our hearts we can very easily give up and not go on to receive God's blessing. So most recently we've been looking at the power of our words right? Our words can let us down and they can hinder us in receiving from God. Turn with me to Mark chapter 5. I've been referencing this scripture a couple of times over the, the past couple of weeks. And it's, it's the account of the woman with the issue of blood. But I just want <clears throat> to um, read out this verse here in Mark chapter 5. Right? You know, we know this story. I covered these things. Um, the different laws. You know, there's, there's laws of faith that we have to put into motion. Right? She put several of these laws into motion. And then she went on and received what God, what God had for her, which she received her healing, right? But in Mark chapter 5 in verse 34, this is after the fact. So this is after she reached out, she found Jesus, she reached and grabbed the hem of his garment, right? This is what Jesus said. He said to her, and remember, uh, guys, Jesus was on the, on the way to Jairus' house, right? The leader of the synagogue. Jesus wasn't just chilling, you know, on the rock, doing nothing, Jesus was on his way. This, this woman was earnest. This woman was, was, was hell-bent on, on just getting to Jesus and, and receiving her healing, right? So um, Jesus stops everything that's going on. He stops where he's going and, and he deals with this situation, right? And he says in verse 34, daughter, your faith, everyone say your faith, your faith. Has, made you well. has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Her faith, her faith, right? It was the faith of this woman that made her whole. This is so important. She was restored to full health because of her faith. It wasn't Jesus' faith, right? She came from behind him, right? And touched the hem of his garment. And I remember I, I specifically dug into this a few weeks ago and we looked at how, you know, Jesus, this wasn't something that, oh, he, Jesus didn't even know this was happening. He didn't know until the power had flowed out of him that somebody had touched him, right? So it's not something that he had, oh, this woman, I'm going to give it to, but you, I'm not going to give it to. No, her faith, her faith is, went and, is what went and got her healing, right? And how did this all start? Well, first she had to hear the word, which is a law of faith. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So she heard the word and then she spoke the word. So the speaking of the word is what led her on the journey to receiving our healing, right? This is how important your words are. When we speak out, by his stripes I am healed, that confession brings about deliverance from our disease. When we speak out from our mouth, by his stripes I am healed, when you speak out the word of God, the scriptures and the promises that he's given us concerning our healing, and our health, it brings about deliverance in our bodies. The confession, our, our mouth makes the confession, but it must be coming from the heart, right? So you speak the words out of your mouth, but the words first have to be in your heart. Remember what Proverbs 4, 20 to 22 says, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings, keep them in, the, keep them in front of your eyes, get them into the midst of your heart. Why, is he, why do we have to be in the midst of our heart? Why? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So the words are going are gonna, to um, line up with what you've put in your heart. The confession that leads to salvation and healing is the confession of faith that you have in your heart and in your spirit. You know, you had to believe. You heard the word, the word planted a seed and then you believed it. And then, then you confessed it, right? But you had to believe it first, Right? confession is saying the same thing as that is what confession is so you're finding out you're hearing what God is saying about you and then you're confessing it right that's why when you speak the word of God it's so powerful sharper than any two-edged sword that's God speaking it and you're speaking it it's it's a two-edged sword right and it is powerful when you're coming into agreement with what God says no word from God is void of power did you know that no word from God, no word of God is void of power or ability. So I want to be, be matching up with those words. His word saves, church. His word heals. His word delivers. His word provides. When we agree with what God says, it releases His power. Amen. Psalm 107. Just a few verses here that I just wanted to go over a few more things about words that I didn't get done last week or the week before or whatever, but... Um, In Psalm 107, in verse 20, it says, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. I love that. He sent his word to heal them. Jesus is that word. He's the living word. What we need to do is to make his words our words. And when his word dwells in us richly, we will speak forth what he says and then life gets released. It's in that moment of agreement that we take healing as our own. You know, you're sitting, you're speaking, by his stripes I'm healed. You get up in the morning, your body's not right. Your body's not lining up. Your body's physically coming or, uh, dealing with some things. And you're like, no, by his stripes I am healed. That confession, that agreement with what God says. You're not just pulling these words out of thin air, church. You're not just, pu- you know, oh, I'm just going to say these things because I'm, I'm a positive person. No, I'm saying these things because God said it. God said it. You're repeating what he said. That's what confession is. You're saying the same thing as. So when you get up in the morning or you're in the, in the evening or all through the day and you're like, by his stripes, I am healed. That agreement, coming into agreement, that is what takes healing as your very own. Amen? Your words are your confession. They will either confirm or deny the word of God. You know, you can deny the word of God. You can speak contrary to the word of God. Right? And that confession is going to lower you down. It's going to lower you down into those negative circumstances. It's no good one day getting up and saying, By his stripes, I'm healed. Right? And then, you know, throughout the day, you're like, Yes, 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 you're, you know, you're. Follow the word, and you're speaking it out, and then the next day, you know, Bams, a symptom comes, or Bams, a pain comes, or or you're dealing with something, and, and, and it, 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 whatever, it may be difficult, right? And then, but you're like, oh well, are you going to start confessing then that you're not healed? Why? Because if you do, you're you're contradicting your first confession, right? Hold fast to your confession. Don't deny what God's Word says. You know when, you're deny, when you deny what God's Word says? When you, when you, when, in, that, in that sort of instance, when you're confessing the Word of God and, and then a circumstance or, or situation happens and your confession changes. When you're denying, when you're denying that first confession, when you're negating that first confession, you're denying the very Word of God. You're denying what God's word says. And remember, even when we looked at it, we said, really bluntly put, you're calling God a liar. Why? Because God's word says you're healed. So when you're saying, oh, I'm not healed because I feel this or I feel that, you're calling God a liar, right? God can't lie. God doesn't lie. He is truth. Hold fast to your confession. And this is where we, many of us falter because we're not holding fast. We may begin in the right way, but you don't hold fast. You don't hold on to it. Even in the face of contrary evidence, with a fearlessness in knowing that God's word can never fail, you keep speaking it forth. Right? With a fearlessness. You know, people, uh, many people are living in fear. You know, I know people, right, that maybe God's healed them, right? And then they're living in fear that the sickness will come back. Church, you talk about an open door that you're leaving open for the enemy to come back in right? You don't have to, if God's healed you, if God's delivered you, if you've received those things, if you've experienced those things, why would you need to fear when you have experienced his power? Amen. When you've experienced what, what, he's, what he's capable of? You need to live with a fearlessness and knowing that God's word can never fail. Stop speaking the wrong kind of confession So, you know, you need to learn, number one, how to confess, and then you need to know what to confess. So your how to confess is you're confessing and you're holding fast. You're never stopping, you're never faltering, you're never dropping the ball. What you're confessing is God's word. What he says about you. Start speaking who he says you are and what he says you have. You know, a heart that is nourished in the word of God can stand in the most difficult of circumstances. Is your heart truly nourished with the word of God? Because if it is, you will be able to stand in the most difficult of circumstances. A fearless confession comes from a heart that is ruled only by what God speaks. You know, you you might hear people speaking things forth and you're like, I wish I could speak like that. Gosh, I wish I had their faith. I wish I, I was as confident as them. A fearless confession, a fearless confession, church, it comes from a heart that's ruled by the word of God. So you need to get God's word in your heart. You need, to, and not just get it in there. You need to act on it, and then you, you're ruled by it. When you're ruled by the word of God, that that means you're not ruled by the situation. You're not ruled by the circumstance. You're not ruled by the symptom or the pain or the disease or whatever. You're ruled by the word of God. That what God's word says. You know, it's not about getting God's words. It's not about. It's not about getting God's word settled in us settled in us you know i i say that phrase at times but really it's what i mean by that is you're getting the word in your heart and you're not you're not um you're not moving off it you're not you know wishy-washy up and down but really really the bible says in psalm one hundred nineteen eighty nine, forever O lord your word is settled in heaven so god's word is settled whether you believe it or not okay Oh, I, 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 once I get God's word settled, then I'll, be, then I'll be able to... No, God's word's already settled. But unless you believe it, that's when... If you don't believe it, that's when you stop it from working in your life. Amen? But God's, all, God's word is already settled. Concerning healing for our, our bodies, God's already said these things. He says, by his stripes you are healed. But it comes down to whether you choose to believe it or not. And whether you believe it or not doesn't affect it being settled, but it affects if you're going to be able to walk in it. You need to know that God's word is God speaking to you now. And then it won't be difficult for you to act upon it. Right? Just like I said a few moments ago, God's word, what you see in God's word, it's still relevant today. It's still true today. So when you read the, when you read the word of God and and it, it's not just, oh, these are just words on a page that's, that, that were written thousands of years ago. No, it's God speaking to you now by the Holy Spirit. He makes alive the, these words that are on the page. He speaks them directly to your spirit, man. It becomes a word. And then it's not, it's not difficult for you to act upon it. Why? Because it's coming directly from him. You know, faith's confession is words that are full of joy and victory no matter what faith's confession you know faith is a voice we said these things faith's confession is full of joy you know when you're speaking defeat you're not in faith when you're speaking discouragement you're not in faith when you're speaking anything other than joy and peace and victory you're not in faith because God's word because the heart is ruled by God's word turn with me to Acts chapter 27 and this was something that the Lord reminded me of of in Acts chapter 27 um You know, here we have the Apostle Paul, right? And he's on his way to Rome to stand before Caesar. And I'm not going to read, for the, for the sake of time, I'm not going to read the whole um, story here, but let me just take it from uh, verse 25, 21. But after being without food for a long time, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. And now I urge you to take heart for there will be no loss of life among you but only of the ship for there stood by me this night an angel of 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 the God to whom I belong to and serve saying do not be afraid Paul you must be brought before Caesar and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you so therefore take heart men for I believe God say "Believe believe God for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me Church, do you believe God that it was just as it was told to you? Because you need to, right? Amen. So, you know, Paul says here, right, an angel of the Lord appeared before him. And then up in verse um, 20 or 10 of that chapter, it says, saying, men, I perceive that this voyage will end with the disaster and loss. So I believe that was Paul, you know, receiving a word of wisdom, right? He, he was It was a, a revelation gift that he was walking in. So it was, he received a word of wisdom, I perceive, right? Or either, either that or by a witness on the inside, he knew this, this ship, something's going to happen here, right? And he tried to warn them. That's why he said in verse 21, I sh- you should have listened to me, right? So Paul received a word from God, whether it be by an angel, uh, by the spirit, by, you know, a word of wisdom, by the inward witness, by, by, the, by the written word of God. When you receive a word from God, you need to believe that it will be done just as he was, as it was told to you. So you read the word of God and it says by his stripes you are healed. You read the word of God, it says no weapon formed against you will prosper. Do you believe that, uh, like, do you believe that it will be done just as, it, as you read it, just as it was told to you by God? See, this is why it's not just about reading words on a page. This is why it needs to be revelation. Why? Because when it's revelation, it's God speaking it to you. So you were told it directly from, from God. Then you can act upon it. The revelation that Paul received from God produced a bold confession. Now, let me remind you, right? This ship here, it tells you in all the verses before, it was a tempestuous wind, right? They had to throw everything overboard just to lighten the load. It was getting ripped apart. This wasn't just some light breeze. It was a dangerous storm. There was going to be loss of life, right? They had to throw everything overboard. And yet Paul stood in the midst of them right? And said, don't worry, men. God told me. God said, the God that I belong to. You see, there you go again. Paul knew who he was. If you're believing God for your healing, you need to know who you belong to. If you're believing God for breakthrough, if you're believing God for, for um, to be set free from the bondage of sickness or disease, or, or if you're standing in the gap, if it's a family member or whatever it may be, you need to know who you belong to. You need to know the authority that you walk in. That's why I covered that last week, the authority of the believer. You need to. You need to know who you belong to. Paul's confession of hope and victory came after the ship had encountered a severe storm. And according to verse 20 of that passage, all hope of being saved was lost. In verse um, yeah, 20, it says, Now when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest beat on us, All hope that we would be saved was finally given up. So these men were at the end of the the line. These were like, right, that's it. There's no hope for us. We've thrown everything overboard and we're still getting thrown around like a rag doll here. There's no way we're going to survive this. But Paul stood in the midst of a dire circumstance in front of a couple of hundred people. It tells us down further there's 200 and something people on board in front of a couple of hundred people and declare that what God had spoken to him would come to pass and they would be saved. The confidence in his heart had to come before the confidence in his confession. The confidence in his heart had to come before he had a confidence in his confession. So you need to be confident of what's in there before you can be confident of what you're speaking out. Paul, you might think, oh, that's the Apostle Paul or Paul stood. Paul stood in the midst of all those people and said, like, there was darkness for days. No, no sun, no moon, no, nothing. Did it? it was just a dire circumstance. And yet he's standing in front of 200 odd men saying, it's okay. It's going to be okay. God told me we're going to be saved. That's boldness. That's boldness. I don't care if something is eaten, physically eaten away at your body and people are looking at you saying, you're crazy. You need to stand with boldness and say, by his stripes, I am healed. Amen. By his stripes, I am healed. I don't care what it looks like. Hold fast to your confession. In his spirit, you see, Paul knew God's voice and he was bold enough to say the same thing. That is confession. If you want your words to change for the better, you need to change what's in your heart. And if you change what you believe, you'll change what comes out of your mouth. You wanna change your words, change what you believe. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. You know, when you've been tempted with symptoms of sickness or disease, you need to remember that your true sustenance comes from the word, right? I'm always gonna go back to this, always go back to the word, right? It's your true sustenance. It's what you use through your mouth to push back against the temptation and declare your victory. Let me show you something here. Uh, 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 How um, Jesus received his nourishment from the very words of God. And he used his words to combat temptation. In Matthew chapter four, this is the the account of, of Satan tempting Jesus, right? And it says in verse three, now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. He knows the word too. Right, but see, the thing is, he'll always try and distort it and twist it, okay? If you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered to him. So Jesus showed us here that we're to live by his words. We're to live by his words. We're to live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Why? Because they're life to those who find them. And they are health to all their flesh. We're not just physical creatures, you know. We have, a, we have a spirit. We are a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. Right? So yes, your physical body needs food. Your physical body needs bread. Your physical body needs the, these things to keep it sustained. Right? But your spiritual man. Is sustained by the word of God. That's what Jesus said when He says, "We don't live. I don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God." Your spirit is the real you, and you should be. You shouldn't be meeting the needs of your physical body and neglecting your own spiritual body. So sometimes we're, we're we're meeting the needs of the physical and we're neglecting the spiritual. We're not putting the word in. We're not putting the time in. We're not putting the effort in. We're not giving him his space or giving him what he deserves. And our spirit man goes without. Right? That's not the way it should be, church. Your spirit feeds off the word of God. Notice how how Satan tempted Jesus with, if you are the son of God. On two out of the three occasions, he said to him, if you are the son of God. Right? You know, one of his strongest temptations... And we can see it here because he does it in this portion of scripture with Jesus. He tries to cast doubt on who you are in Christ. And therefore, he casts doubt on what truly belongs to you. If he can cast doubt on who you are in Christ and your authority and what belongs to you, then he, it makes it difficult for you to receive your healing. Right? So he'll always attack identity. You know, I'm, I'm speaking to the youth On Friday nights at the minute on a series about identity. Why? Because my goodness, if you think of something that's under attack in the world right now, especially with our young people, it's identity. Teenagers don't even know what sex they are. And he's going after the identity of a man. He's going after that identity of the leader that God's placed in, in the homes and trying to distort trying to twist, trying to stop men and women, but particularly men. He's going after that identity so men aren't leading. They're not doing what they should be doing. Right? They're not not taking their place. They're not taking that authority. This is one of his strongest temptations and we need to be aware of it, right? So he comes with the temptation of sickness or disease to try and rob you of your life. Why? Because he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? So he comes with a temptation of a sickness. Oh, I'll try that, I'll try this, I'll try that. He tries to rob you of your life. That's what he wants, right? And he will try to tell you that there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. You know, healing, healing is very difficult to deny, right? Even Satan won't deny it, right? We see so many things. We see God's power in operation, but what he will try and deny is that it'll work for you. That's what he tries to cast the doubt on. That it won't work for you. You don't deserve it. You're not strong enough. You aren't in church long enough. You don't have enough faith. I know the thoughts that you thought this morning. Do you think God's going to heal you when you thought that? Do you think God's going to heal you when you spoke to that person and then you did this and you did that? He tries to cast doubt on, it, on whether it'll happen for you. We need to know who we are and where we are in Christ. We're seated in heavenly places, far above all principality and power, might and dominion, every name that is named. We're seated together. We were raised up together and we're seated together. That's our place of authority. Spiritually, we're seated there, which means we're far above the devil in all of his schemes. He's under our feet. You, when he tries to say that, you tell him, you get under my feet where you belong. Yeah. Amen. We can confidently stand against them, church. We can confidently stand against the enemy and enforce the victory that Jesus won for us when we know our identity, right? So, what was the weapon that Jesus used against the temptations from Satan? The Word. There was no mighty display of power, there was no like calling down legions of angels. His weapon was the Word. It is written. It is written. And it is written. Three times he came back with, it is written. That was the weapon he used to combat. And then we wonder why we're getting whipped around like a lost puppy. We're getting whipped around by the enemy. We're allowing him to whip us. And then we wonder why. Because your words are in the gutter. Your words, you're you're not confessing the word of God. So why? How can, uh, how, you're completely weaponless. You've just thrown it aside, your weapon. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Amen, it is our weapon. It is our offensive weapon. Did you know that? It's offensive. You know, we've many, we've many defensive we- um, weapon or we've, we've a defensive armor, but we have an offensive weapon, and that's the Word of God. Amen? And we should never put it away. Never, ever put it away. The word of God is what he used. Jesus was God incarnate, church, right? But he humbled himself and took upon himself the form of a servant and became a man. And if you want to look at that, it's in Philippians 2, chapter, or verse 6 to 8. It says that he humbled himself and took on, the, took upon, on himself human form, Right, So it was, the human fo- it was the human part of Jesus that was being tempted, right? And he was subject to these temptations. You know, people read this and they, they, de- they discredit it because they're like, oh, that's Jesus. You know, that's, that's God. So he was able to, to stand against those temptations. Church, if that is the case, right? If that is the case, then Hebrews chapter four, right? And verse 15 would have would mean nothing when it says, Jesus was in all points tempted like we are, yet he was without sin. Jesus was in all points tempted just as we are, yet he was without sin. It was the human part of Jesus that was been tempted. And he had to resist them, right? He had to resist them. This was the angle that Satan was coming from, especially as it tells us, that Jesus had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And what did he do? He came along and said, make this stone a piece of bread. He knew the angles to come at. Right? Jesus was capable of being tempted. But in the midst of the temptation, he spoke the word to fight it off. His reply to all three temptations was It is written. You know, even when the temptation seems constant and a relentless You need to learn to speak. It is written. It is written. Sometimes it can feel relentless. Sometimes it can feel like barrage after barrage after barrage of it. It is written. Hold fast to the confession. Don't try to fight the temptation in your mind alone. Do we ever try and do that? We're, we're We're sitting there fighting it in our mind and then all of a sudden our mind just takes over and we start thinking all sorts of thoughts. You can't. You can't fight it in the mind. You have to speak it out. Remember, we looked at a few weeks ago, we're made in the image and likeness of God. Out of all of all of his creation, right, who did he give the ability to speak? Man. Right? He gave us the ability to speak. When we speak forth his word, we're reflecting his image. That's what we're doing. We're looking more like him when we're speaking out his word. He gave us the ability to speak for a reason, church, for a reason. We need to use it. Another way to effectively use our words when we're believing for healing in our physical body, right, is using our words effectively when you're believing God for your healing, is you need to learn to thank, you need to learn to praise, and you need to learn to worship God through it all. That can be difficult, but you need to learn to do it because it is paramount, right? We don't wait. Remember, we don't wait until we see a manifestation to do these things. We do it in faith, right? In verse 9 of Matthew chapter 4, it tells us that Satan wanted Jesus to fall down and worship him right? Iniquity was found in the heart of of Satan, right? Lucifer, right? He was an angel. Iniquity was found in his heart. Pride is what caused him to fall, right? Why? Because he started to see himself above God. He wanted the worship that that belonged to God. He wanted to to be exalted above God, right? And we can find this in in Isaiah 14. We can read about his, his fall, He wanted to be exalted higher than God himself and he wanted to be worshipped. It is is something that he has always sought after. You know if he can't be the one to receive the worship he'll try to get you to stop giving God your worship. If he can't be the object of your worship he will try to stop you from worshipping God. Why? Because he can't stand when God gets worshipped. He can't stand when God gets praised. That's why praise and worship is such a powerful tool. Sends him running with his tail between his legs. He can't stand to hear God being worshipped. And it angers him, I'm sure, it angers him even more when you're worshipping, even in the midst of everything that he's trying to throw at you. Keep praising, keep thanking. What do you thank with? What do you praise with? Your worship, you're giving him your worship, you're giving him your You're opening up your mouth and you're using your words to speak forth faith, to speak forth life. If he can use a sickness to discourage you from praising God, church, you're putting yourself in a vulnerable position. I don't, feel like, I, don't feel like, I don't feel like going to church tonight. I don't feel like praising God because I'm just not feeling great. I'm just not doing this. I'm not just doing that. Look, if he can stop you from praising God if he can stop you from from worshiping God because of what's coming against you you're leaving yourself even more vulnerable you need to learn to praise him um, our praise and worship is a powerful tool and we do it with our words right first Thessalonians chapter five I'll wind down here with this first Thessalonians chapter five It says, um, in verse 16, rejoice. Everyone say rejoice. Rejoices. Always. always. <laughs> Not when it feels good. Not when things are going right, church. Oh, look, I, we say these things regularly, but it is truth. We, we know these, but yet we don't do it. Rejoice Always. Pray without ceasing. Pray in the Spirit. Live a life of prayer. In, everyone say in. In Everything Everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You want to know what the will of God is? You start thanking Him. Start praising Him. Start worshiping Him. That is the will of God. Did you notice how it says in everything? Not for everything oh, I'm just going to praise God for this because, praise God for this wicked thing that's happening to me. Praise God for this evil thing that because he, he must have given it to me so I'm going to praise him for it. No, he didn't say for everything. He said in everything. In the midst of what is coming against you, praise him. Rejoice. Give thanks. We don't thank God for sickness because he didn't give it to us, church. Amen? We thank God and declare that no matter what is trying to come against us, he bore our sickness, he carried our diseases, and by his stripes were healed. That's you thanking him in the midst of it. You're not thanking him for it. Why? Because he's not the source of it. We know what the source is. We cover these things. But when you're praising him through it, you're in everything. So in the difficult times, in the ups, and in the downs, you're giving him thanks by saying, Jesus, you bore my sickness, you carried my disease, and by his stripes, I am healed. God is deserving of our worship. Never stop praising him, never stop thanking him. Remember, we said faith has a voice, faith declares what God has spoken. Faith says that we are healed. Praise Him for your healing. You know when you develop a heart of worship and learn to praise Him in every circumstance. <laughs> the devil runs. Praise him in every circumstance. In James chapter 3, in verse 12, the word tells us, no spring yields both salt water and fresh water. You know, in, in, in context, he's speaking about our words in these verses, right? Don't use your mouth to praise, worship, and bring glory to God, and then go around using the same mouth to speak defeat, to speak doubt, to speak discouragement. Don't use your mouth to speak negative things over your life, and over yourself, other people, or whatever it may be, speaking contrary to the words of God, and then you're coming in here, or whatever, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yes, God, I'm healed, yes, I'm this, but your words are not lining up the other times. That's going to be an issue for you. You know, our words can defile us. That's what Jesus was teaching. I had this, I don't have time to go to this, but in Matthew chapter 15, if you study that, if you look at it, you know, Jesus was, was telling the Pharisees, he was like, you are condemning people and you are, um, it's all about appearances and you are, you are all about, you know, what's on the outside. You think what's on the outside going in is what defiles a man, but really what defiles a man is what's on the inside that comes out. So what Jesus is teaching is what the defilement that comes within, it comes through your words. Your words can defile you. Your words have power. Our confession can produce a major roadblock for us in receiving our healing and we need to give this area time and we need to ensure that we're coming into line with his sins which will produce life in our lives. Who wants to produce life? Who wants to produce health? And who wants to produce what God has in store? Amen. Then you need to get in line with God's word. You need to get in line with his words. You know, just before we, we close here, just as, like we've been talking about words for the past couple of weeks, I just want to use this opportunity to, to speak our words now. Speak things what God said, what God says about us, right? So I want us all to do this, right? And remember a few weeks ago we talked about, I I mentioned preventative maintenance. What does that mean? It means don't be waiting until you feel sick to start speaking the word. You speak the word and then you won't get sick. Amen? Amen? Oh, uh, don't be waiting until you're like so physically, you're, you're under attack Physically that it's a struggle for you then to get, to get into the right place and you're pressing and it's difficult. Why? Because you've left it to the point where it's, it's just on top of you. No, you live your life speaking the word. That's why you say, it says in Proverbs chapter four, never let it depart from your eyes. You keep speaking it forth. You keep speaking it forth. This is a confession that I, you know, I say regularly. I, I recommend you to say it daily. Right? And it's about healing in our bodies. Right? And I want us, if you'd all stand to our feet, right, we're going to say these things together. So if you are battling symptoms in your body, if there's niggling things, if there's, if there's stubborn things that you're dealing with, I want you to confess these words that we're about to confess together, but I want you to do it with faith, church. And when you leave out of here, don't say anything that's contrary to these things, don't say anything that's against them. Don't say anything then. Don't be coming into line with what you're feeling. Don't be coming into line with, with what your body's telling you. Speak only what God says. Get into his word, Start declaring that. Right? His words. His sayings. What are they? They're life to those who find them. And they are health to all their flesh. God's word, it is medicine. Amen. It is medicine. You say, I need a dose of medicine. You need a dose of God's word. Amen. And there's no such thing as an overdose. Keep overdosing. Keep overdosing with God's word. No amount is dangerous. The Bible says my people perish with a lack of knowledge. You know when it's dangerous? When you're not taking enough. That's when it's dangerous. Amen. So we're going to say this confession together. It's about healing. It's about declaring healing. Declaring who we are and declaring what belongs to us. Amen. Let's go. Thank you, Lord. You are Jehovah Rapha, the healer and the health of my body. For Jesus was wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him, and by his stripes I am healed. Thank you, Father. You bless my bread. You bless my water. You take all sickness and all symptoms from the midst of me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits, who forgives all iniquity, heals all diseases, redeems my life from destruction, crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies, so that my youth is renewed like the eagle's. Thank you, Father, you've delivered me from the power of darkness and translated me into the kingdom of your dear Son. Thank you, Father, you've not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Thank you, Lord, that the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus sets me free from the law of sin and death. And that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it abides, it quickens, and it makes alive my mortal body. Therefore, I confess it originated in heaven itself by the Father, secured by the stripes on Jesus' back, purchased by the blood on the mercy seat, and deposited into me through salvation is God's healing virtue. Today, I release my faith through confession Thanking you, Lord, that from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet, I am the healed of God. And with a long life, strength, and health, you satisfy me and show me your salvation. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. With a long life, you satisfy us and show us your salvation. Praise you, Lord. Oh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, for the power that's in your word and that for the ability and the, and the honor it is for us to come alongside you and alongside your word and speak in agreement with it. Your, your word says death and life are in the power of the tongue, so we choose to speak life. We do need to speak death to things. We speak death to the sickness. We speak death to the diseases. We speak death to anything that's not from you, Lord. And we use our words to produce life by coming into agreement with your word. So we thank you for the revelation. Oh, we want more. Lord, reveal more to us. Lord, even if we think we understand, reveal it to us on an even deeper level because there's always more, Lord. Help us understand more clearly. Help us have a revelation, Lord, of of, your healing power. What belongs to us. So we can not only have it Lord. But we can share it with those around us. Thank you for the incorruptible seeds of your word Lord. Thank you for the seed that was sown tonight. I pray Lord that it is going to be planted in good hearts here this evening. for those watching online and listening to podcasts. It is going to be planted on the good soil. And it will produce good fruit. And when we apply this word to our lives Lord. We will be forever changed. Walking in your divine health. We thank you for this week Lord. We thank you Father for... Your protection. We thank you, Lord, that your hand is upon us. Thank you for your angels, Lord, that are taking charge of us. Thank you for your Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us. Thank you, Lord, that no evil shall befall us, no sickness, no disease will prosper against us. No wicked plan from the wicked man or the devil himself (laughs) will prosper. We declare your word. We speak forth your word. We confess your word. And we say that we're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Yes. We are victorious. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we are leaving here encouraged, built up, edified, ready to go, ready to go and enforce the victory that you have won for us in our lives. So we won't be acting like sitting ducks anymore, Lord. We're going to start declaring your word preventatively. And Lord, we're going to start declaring it, Lord, in the midst of it and even after the fact. We're going to never stop declaring it, Lord. Because your word is life and it is health. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you for the opportunities we have this week to tell of the hope that we have on the inside of us. Lord, let us never forget what we've been commissioned to do, what we've been called to do, which is to preach the gospel, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Help us be true ambassadors of Christ. Help us reflect you in all that we do and all that we say and all that we act and how we act. We want to be ambassadors. We are representing your kingdom here on this earth. We want to cultivate heaven's culture here on this earth. Help us stand true to that, Lord. Help us stand with boldness. Help us stand with longevity. Help us stand in knowing that what you started in us, you are faithful to bring it to completion. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for this wonderful week. Thank you for this opportunity that we have to give to you tonight, Lord. We'll never let that pass us by. We want to honor you. We want to honor your kingdom. Thank you for the seed that you've placed in our hands. Thanking you, Lord, that as we sow it into your kingdom, it will come back to us. Good measure, pressed press down, shaken together and running over, Father. Oh, Lord, that you meet our needs. You are our provider, Jehovah Jireh. All of our bills are paid, Lord. So I thank you for this opportunity to tithe, to give, knowing, Lord, that it were sowing to eternity, knowing that we're sowing to souls been won for Christ, for you, Jesus, What an honor, what a privilege. And we thank you, Lord, that here at Island Church Dundalk, on its fifth year, (laughs) that we are covered by your blood, we're empowered by your word, and we're anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the center of the town, and we would love for you to call in and see us. Details are on our website at islandchurchdundalk.ie.